Welcome to Beyond the Byline, a podcast by The Eagle. I'm Evan Margiotta. This week is Founders Week. All week, student clubs and campus organizations are hosting events and giveaways, from drag bingo to stuffed plushy eagles, all culminating in the Founders Day Ball held at the Museum of Natural History. For this episode of Beyond the Byline, we're taking a behind-the-scenes look at how Founders Week gets planned. And to help me with that, I'm talking with Colin Cochamiro, the director of AU Founders Week. If you're a student, you may recognize his name from all the Founders-related emails he's been sending over the past couple weeks. But he's actually been planning Founders Week since last May. And that's where our conversation starts, tracing how a venue gets chosen, how clubs and organizations become involved, and how he's trying to improve upon Founders Week from years past. So I wanted to start by asking you about your team, because obviously you don't plan Founders all on your own. What does the process of building a team for Founders look like? Um, So we get to work, or I got to work, um, putting a team together really right after I was installed back um, at the end of last spring semester. Um, So I get to put together an application that's sent out to the student community based on really what I'm looking for in a team. So thinking about what I saw in last year's team, what roles I thought would be really important to kind of include and what different areas I definitely wanted to make sure I had someone focusing on. So I spent the summer um, leading into this school year opening the application, publicizing it, and then reading applicants' submissions and interviewing everyone. That was really important to me to make sure I talked to everyone who took the time to apply. Um, And then making sure I was putting together a team of people who would really hit as many different bases I wanted to, both with their ideas and their experience, but also just um, with what I thought they could add to the team and what I thought they could bring to their role. So even before you get that team all the way together in the fall, what are some of the projects that you're working on during the summer? Yeah, so simultaneously while I'm reading applications and doing interviews, um, I'm starting on like the big projects and that's what they are in my head. And some of the bigger things that I think students think about right off the bat. So almost immediately I was reaching out to different venues in the DC area, um, either ones that I personally really wanted to explore because they were interesting to me or just places that I think would really work. Um, And I spent a lot of my summer doing that on my lunch break at my summer job, just like kind of going somewhere and calling some places and saying, hey, here's this thing we do this year. Here's when we're thinking about doing it. Can you give me some initial thoughts? And like for me, especially, it was like a big learning experience. I think I came into this role kind of like as a logistics person. Like I know a lot about like having a project and getting it done, but there were a lot of specifics about actual like event planning that I've learned a lot about. And that really started immediately when I started calling venues um, because they would hit me with these questions that I had no idea how to answer. Um, But, you know, really starting to get an idea of what places can work within the budget that I'm looking for, what places um, have availability for dates, what places um, seem like they would kind of fit the vibe that students would enjoy spending an evening in. And then putting all those answers together and starting to narrow down, okay, what are the four or five types of places that I think I'd like to actually go to and meet some people and walk through and learn a little bit more about? And then really by the beginning of the fall semester, we have narrowed down to one or two places and pretty quickly into the fall, we'll make a bid and actually secure the place, sign a contract. So we'll have the location set really, really early into the school year and then try really, really hard to keep it under wraps as much as possible. So obviously now we all know that the venue this year is the Museum of Natural History, Mm. but what were some of the other venues that didn't end up being chosen and what did your process for narrowing the location down include? Yeah, um, so I started with a lot of, um, I think, kind of classic examples, either venues that have worked years ago in the past. I don't want students to have to go to the same place again, but something that's worked 
you know, five years ago maybe, considering like like the National Portrait Gallery, um, great space, could host the event really well. We did it there years ago, um, and I know that was successful. We talked about, you know, considering the convention center, what would happen if instead of doing a museum, we just kind of rented a big giant empty room and then filled it with something. I don't know what that something would have been, but, you know, kind of going a totally different direction. We ended up kind of having to narrow based on availability, based on expected like renovations and other policies that venues have, um, things that I learned about very quickly. Um, And we were able to narrow it down to the um, Museum of Natural History. And for me, that was also interesting because I took some time throughout the summer just to walk through some different places on the National Mall that I was thinking about. Honestly, just to say like, oh, could I see us doing this in eight months here? And at first when I walked that museum, I really didn't see founders being at the Museum of Natural History. And when I went back and thought about it again and really started to like look at the ways uh, that we could host an event there, look at the different exhibits that they offer, it all like almost instantly clicked in my head, which I think was really interesting to see that kind of switch happen because this during the summer, that was not the venue at all. We didn't have one picked, but I wasn't, I was pretty convinced that it wouldn't be that one. And then I kind of woke up one morning and said like, oh, actually, I think I've kind of pieced this together. I think this space would work really, really well. And I still think that. What were some of the specific requirements that you and your team had for the founder's location? One of my biggest priorities right off the bat, and I talked about this even during the interview process, was making sure I found um, a venue that was metro accessible. I know that was um, a concern for students last year um, and something that we tried that was a little different, having something that was a little further out, a really cool space, but you couldn't take the metro there. Um, And there were definitely complaints about that. And that was something that we heard and I knew could be really easily addressed. Really, those initial searches for venues, I already had narrowed it down to the DC metro area, you know, whatever you can access with the metro, with your U-Pass. But also, even like I looked at a map and saw how many blocks it would take you to walk from whatever the nearest metro stop was because people are wearing something fancy or someone's walking in heels or whatever it might be. So really considering like, how can I make this easy for students to get to? We offer buses, not everyone wants to take them. Sometimes there are lines. So making sure I found something that you could just get on the metro and then walk a couple blocks from the stop to get to um, the venue was something that really helped me narrow the fields almost immediately because I knew the general location um, that I was looking for. Moving past the venue and the work you did during the summer, once you had a team together in the fall, what were you starting to work on very early in the school year? Yeah, um, that was something that I first really wanted to like remind my team that it feels kind of weird to talk about things at the end of February when it's early September because it's so hard to see what's coming so far down the line. And so I kind of wanted to get that out of the way immediately and just start talking about what are some projects that we can accomplish right now? Um, What are some relationships that we can start to build right now? What can we check off our list? And so the school year really starts with one, getting a sense of who's on the team and what sorts of things do they want to work on, but also how can we start to reach out to all the groups that I know we're going to have to work with for the next six or eight months um, and kind of get those relationships going again. They're always working really hard right up until Founders, and then Founders happens halfway through the spring, and then there really is no talk about it until we get started again in September, kind of behind the scenes. So for me personally, it was a lot of just kind of reaching out to people from all over the university and saying, hey, I'm Colin, I'm doing this project this year. Um, I'd love to kind of chat with you about my goals, how I think that your office or your club or, you know, whatever it might be can connect with us and then kind of setting the groundwork for bigger projects that we do with groups that we might work with. So when I was preparing for this interview, I initially made the mistake that I think a lot of people might have made, which was to think that your job is just to plan the ball. 
but obviously there's a whole week of events that you have to think about. What are some of the projects that you are excited about that aren't related to the ball itself? Yeah, um, that's a really interesting question because I think um, something that we want to do every year is remind students that we do a lot more than just um, the Founders Day Ball. We do an entire week of programs or giveaways or celebrations, um, a whole number of things um, that we start working on with partners um, really early on. So I think of big groups that we work with like um, AU Athletics. We host a celebration at a basketball game that, um, every year. And so we start working with them really early on to talk about like, what game are we going to do? How can we kind of bring some things into the game to make it more of a celebration than just what happens in a normal basketball game. We work really closely with development and alumni relations on things like the Founders Giving Challenge when we try to raise a bunch of money for the school, um, different ways to pull alumni groups in um, and kind of plan these larger events like that basketball game, like like we do a big birthday party in MGC. Um, kind of these bigger events where we get to kind of partner with a bunch of different offices um, and also reaching out to clubs that have hosted events during the week that have been really successful and talking about ways to improve it for this year, ways to make it bigger or make it different for whatever reason, ways that we can as a team support their club as they're planning an event for the week. I also happen to know that you previously held a leading role at AU Club Council. How did you use that experience to help incorporate student clubs into having a central role in Founders Week? Yeah, um, well, I definitely felt like I was coming from a strong place when I was reaching out to these clubs because I had been able to build relationships with them through club council. So it was honestly kind of silly when I was like reaching out to clubs because I'd be sending something as the chair of club council to like the entire club community saying, hey, consider working with the founders team and then including the founders at AOSG email. But that also goes to me just to a separate <laughs> inbox. So it kind of felt weird doing that at some points. But what was nice was that if a club got the email and like wanted to know more, I was just able to help them out. I didn't have to push them off to someone else because um, I could say, oh, actually, this is my thing, too. Right now, I'm kind of juggling both. Um, but here's how I can kind of give you my thoughts from a club perspective and give you my thoughts from a founder's perspective. So it was an interesting position to be in to be able to kind of have both those um, perspectives. But I think it made it really easy to work with the clubs that we are working with this year because I had an existing relationship mm -hmm. uh, with them, either from a work side or just having known club officers. After you work at club council for a few years, you get to know the people who are running the clubs year to year. And so just kind of being able to connect with them as another student saying, hey, I know you do great work. You should think about coming and joining us or doing this event that I think could be really successful. Something I think we always hear about is that clubs on campus are always looking to build all these amazing events and are always on the hunt for additional resources. How is y'all's team and founders not just kind of inviting them in, but also providing them with resources and the stuff that y'all have access to to help clubs create something really cool to include in y'all's week? Yeah, I think about it from two perspectives. One is from the monetary side um, and the other is from like a publicity side. So when we're given a budget to work with for founders, there is a specific portion of it that has to be directed towards things we do during Founders Week. That's um, a rule that's decided on by everyone who approves the budget. Um, and so we know we have to spend this certain amount of money and we want to put it towards um, the best things possible or the, you know, 
whatever we think will be the most successful. So we're able to say to clubs right off the bat, like, we have money to help you do this event. Here's how much we think we can give to you to support it. You don't have to worry about really like requesting through the club council process that I still was able to like know about, but I was like, no, it's an entirely separate thing. And really knowing that like we had money set aside to make their event work. Now, not every group that applied to host an event was approved. Part of that is a scheduling thing. Part of it is a resources thing. So groups knew coming in that not everything would be approved, but we, from a monetary perspective, were able to say to them, we have money set aside. We want to help you do this event, but we also want to give you the autonomy to like plan the event that your club wants to host and then let us support you. And then the second thing is we're able to help them publicize as much as possible. Clubs already have different followings depending on what the club is, on their social media platforms, whatever it might be. Um, But we're able to say, we can also push this out with campus-wide emails, with the student government social media channels. Maybe they get more traffic than a specific club's channel does, not always. But we're able to kind of add that second level of um, publicity and messaging to help clubs reach as many students as possible when they're publicizing their events. Finally, what has the spring semester and now the last couple of weeks looked like for you? And what are you excited for in the final run-up to Founders? Yeah, um, in the fall, we try to get as much done as possible um, and make sure that um, we can go home for break, step away from the work a little bit. I try my best to do that, but then also um, be able to come back in the spring feeling really, really energized. The word I always use is nonstop. Like um, there's always like a new email to read or a new student to check in with because um, you wanna make sure people have the answers to their questions when things are happening. Keeping kind of constantly moving and running around campus a little bit, especially right now when we're in like really the final days of planning um, has been really fun. Like it's really exciting and also almost surreal to see like a whole year's worth of work actually coming together. It's one thing to walk around a venue in June and say, this might be a cool place to have a thing in um, February, but it's another thing to walk through the venue with a caterer and a production company and actually talk about like where a table is going to go and where a stage is going to be set up and what's going to be lit where. Um, So it's been really interesting to actually see things come together while we're trying to get as much done as possible. Thanks to Colin for coming on the podcast. As always, please send feedback to emargiota at theeagleonline.com, which is also in the description below. Have a great week.